local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5 for Wednesday, January the 10th, 2024. I'm Patrick Reynolds, and you're listening to WSIC News Talk Radio, 105.9 FM around Lake Norman, North Charlotte, and the west side of Lake Norman, 100.7 FM and 1400 AM in Iredell County, anywhere in the world, WSICnews.com. And on the WSIC socials, we're on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Got the video feed coming right from the studio. You just listened to Town Talk with Bill Russell, the president of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, steering the ship on that one. And welcome to the News Drive at 5 as we cover everything from the North Charlotte side of the world to Iredell County, to Lake Norman, to the west shores of Lake Norman. Thank you for tuning in. 704-873-1400 brings you right into the studio. We begin tonight with our top five at five. An EF1 tornado touchdown yesterday in Catawba. We'll have an update from Troutman's Town Council. Energy United restores power to the area victims from yesterday's winter storm. Senator Vicki Sawyer wins the Defender of Public Safety Award. And we will update on some untreated wastewater released in Mooresville. Right now, we've got our first caller on the line. It is looking like Yolanda from iCats. Hello, Yolanda. Hi, 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 guys. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. What does our traffic look like on this hump day at 5.08 p.m. on the uh, East Coast? Oh, man. Uh, so I-77 northbound is jammed. They're making Ooh. their exodus home this evening. And um, we have some side street uh, closures over here on um, Church Street, Church Street. Um, being switched to two lanes because they're doing some street work over there on the Trade Street side. And um, so it's kind of getting jammed up coming in. Okay, so we're looking at jammed up I-77 North coming out of Uptown Charlotte as well as Church Street right now from uh, from construction work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but well, other than that, it's flowing. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to slow down. 508, everybody getting out. I guess everybody that had yesterday off or was working remotely was pra- probably back in the office doing double time today. Yeah, I heard that um, some of my passengers, they had some power outages down here. That's why it was kind of deserted yesterday, So, mm-hmm. which is understandable because we had some bad storms and we had some road blockages and stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, everything is moving pretty pretty smoothly today we're making our exodus and we're getting home okay well uh where are you right now you near uh icats coming out of uptown yes i'm coming out okay. of um out of uptown at uh the transportation center over here on uh fourth street okay well we wish you a safe travels home and we appreciate the update and our audience appreciates the update thank you yolanda from icats all right now have a good night you have a good night yolanda thanks so much ICATS checking in with us, giving you a traffic update. Not surprisingly, 77 North coming out of Charlotte is jammed up already. Gave you the top five at five. Headlines for the news that we'll be covering this hour on the News Drive at five. 
Want to give you a little promotion as well as beginning tomorrow, WSIC will be giving away tickets to a pair of home shows in the area. First of all, the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, which is January 26th, 7th and 8th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And not just that, but and the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show which is February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We will be doing the giveaways on Good Morning LKN with Justin, Mamie, and Bill, the Home Ad Show with Brian right here on the News Drive at 5 with Patrick, and the Scoreboard with Joe, which is at 6 o'clock every night. Follow us here at the News Drive at 5. That will begin tomorrow, Thursday, January the 11th. How do you win? Simple. Tune in. (laughs) We've got all kinds of different types of giveaways. We've got some promotions running, but tune in. We've got tickets to those two shows coming up in January and February. Stay tuned to WSIC News to get your free tickets to those two home shows. Our top story tonight, an EF1 tornado was reported in uh, in Catawba on Tuesday yesterday. The preliminary information revealed that that high-end tornado touched down in Catawba County on Tuesday, killing one person and injuring at least two others during a severe weather outbreak across the Carolinas. Now, the National Weather Service said the tornado hit at approximately 12.31 p.m. and traveled for only 240 yards, but ended on the other side of Iredell County in the Claremont area, damaging several houses. The tornado had 110 mile-per-hour winds when it touched down. Now, a family member said the person who was killed was trying to protect his pregnant girlfriend during the storm covering them when the tornado hit. At least one other person was critically injured. The victim was identified as Dustin Weaver, according to a GoFundMe page for his family. About 30 people were displaced from their homes due to the storms. Uh, The county is relocating displaced people to a temporary shelter at Mount Calvary Lutheran Church, located on Main Street in Claremont. Tuesday's storms brought damaging winds, flooding, and downed trees across the Charlotte area. Tens of thousands of people lost power as trees fell onto power lines across the region. The Charlotte area could see more severe weather on Friday as another storm system is forecast. As a shoot off of that, power has been restored to more than 4,000 energy, or excuse me, 5,000 Energy United members. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, as the winter storm Finn moved across the Carolinas, we had strong gusty winds and heavy rains. That resulted in the saturated ground conditions, downed trees, limbs, and more than 60 separate outage events across the area's, the, the company's 19-county service service page area. So we've got uh, all this, the power outages pretty much up and running back to normal from yesterday's winter storm fin. The town of Mooresville has had a discharge of an estimated 10,800 gallons of untreated wastewater 
at Reed Creek Pump Station, located at Golf Course Drive on Tuesday, January 9th. This was also a result of the flash flooding from more than two inches of rain that fell within a short period of time. The untreated waste water was discharged into Reed Creek. Upon inspection, the spill was not of a magnitude to cause immediate danger to human health or the environment, town officials said. Now, North Carolina general statute requires the, own, the owner or operator of any wastewater collection or treatment system to issue a report when an untreated wastewater discharge of 1,000 gallons or more reaches surface waters. The North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality Water Resource Division was notified of the spill on January 9th and is reviewing the matter. Those are the top headlines here at the News Drive at 5 for Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. Coming up, we're going to cover Senator Vicki Sawyer, her award that she won recently. She also hosts a show right here on WSIC News Talk Radio. Every Friday, I believe it is, right here on our WSIC News Schedule. Very representative of the community. Happy to have her plug in to WSIC News. You're listening to the News Drive at 5. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 here at WSIC News Talk Radio. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We are here at 5.18 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, January the 10th. 2024. Wanted to repeat what we said earlier in the show as WSIC News will be giving away tickets to upcoming home shows here in our area. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show is January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show is February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We'll be doing giveaways on Good Morning LKN, Home Ad, right here at the News Drive at 5, and The Scoreboard with Joe Berg. The giveaway starts tomorrow, Thursday, January 11th. How do you win? Simply stay tuned. Each show will tell you what you need to do to win. But I know those home shows are extremely popular in the area. January and February. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show in January and the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show in February. Stay tuned right here to WSIC to win your tickets to both shows. Well, the North Carolina Sheriff's Association recently presented Senator Vicki Sawyer with the Defender of Public Safety Award in recognition of the work she did during the 2023 legislative session to protect public safety in North Carolina. Senator Sawyer's legislative district is served by Aradale County Sheriff Darren Campbell and Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden. Said Campbell, Senator Sawyer has been a valuable partner in a recent legislative session supporting the priorities of the North Carolina Sheriff's Association, which is a voice for all 100 sheriffs in the state. Now, Joe, you have, uh, do you produce Vicky's show? Do you ever have a relationship with her? I do not. Vicky's show is in Cornelius. That would be Bill. Bill on the sticks, as they call him. Uh, he is the one who produces that show. <coughs> yeah, good man, Bill, down there in Cornelius. 
Um, he takes care of a lot of our shows down he there. Does. Yeah, uh, we here at News Drive at Five, we may be reaching out to Vicki Sawyer for comment on that and some other topics. Be good to have her as a guest on the show sometime soon. But yeah, good work down there as uh, she runs her show out of our Cornelius Studios. As many of you know, WSIC has a pretty big history where we are right now live in the Statesville studio. But recent, in the last year, a lot of changes. We've opened up a next, a secondary studio in Cornelius as well. Some shows hop back and forth. Vicky is down in the Cornelius uh, area as well. Well, Darren Campbell went on to add, as a result, our sheriffs have new tools we can use to protect our communities, such as new laws intending to protect our electric power grid, stop dangerous street takeovers by motor vehicle gangs, and some which will allow us to better address the growing fentanyl crisis many of us see in the communities. We are better equipped today than we were yesterday to protect the lives, liberties, and property of North Carolina citizens. Sheriff Darren Campbell giving credit to Senator Vicki Sawyer. During the 2023 legislative session, the North Carolina General Assembly considered hundreds of bills and enacted dozens of laws that had a direct impact on law enforcement and public safety. In North Carolina, the 2024 session is expected to begin in April and will likely see many additional law enforcement and public safety related bills. The North Carolina Sheriff's Association has been serving the sheriffs and citizens of North Carolina since 1922, working to protect, promote, preserve, and enhance the Office of Sheriff in North Carolina through education, training, and legislative initiatives that increase public safety and protect the rights of the citizens of North Carolina. The Troutman Town Council asked staff for an update on the Mad Monkey Garage building, where the tenant had a mural painted without the building owner's permission. The mural does not comply with the town's unified development ordinance and zoning regulations. In September, the council denied business owner James Amico's request for a text amendment to allow murals in heavy industrial zoning areas to bring his mural into zoning compliance. Council members expressed concern about the change, which would allow approximately 40% more of the town's commercial and industrial property owners to add murals with no control on their content. The building owners were also supportive of the town's position on the mural and were upset the mural was installed. Town planner Lynn Hare told the council Monday that Amico initially threatened legal action last fall through a board of adjustment appealing proceeding. But after learning of the legal expenses and lengthy process, Amico no longer wants to pursue that route. Hare is now working with the owner to bring the property into compliance by resizing and reworking the mural to meet town, high, town sign regulations for high zoning areas. Daily fines of $100 are continuing to be imposed on Amico and the building owners after the business's failure to remove the mural. Currently, fines total approximately $4,000. The council discussed pausing the fines while the owner works with the town, but decided doing so would set a poor precedent. If the mural is made compliant to town ordinances, the council could decide to reduce or rescind the fines at that time if the staff recommends it. Council member Eddie Now asked Wyatt to seek clarification of a remote voting policy for town council members from the UNC School of Government. 
Wyatt and town attorney Gary Thomas have intercepted the state statute, excuse me, interpreted the state statute differently and now wants clarification by an expert third party to guide the council's policy on remote participation. Now also asked that a visible timer be installed for fairness in timing public comments during council meetings and public hearings. In other news, after personal appeals in Raleigh yielded the town millions in state funds last year, Mayor Pro Tem Jerry Oksher asked Mayor Terrace Young if Wyatt, if efforts to advocate for Trumpman will continue in 2024. In November, North Carolina Senator Vicki Sawyer and Representatives Gray Mills and Jeff McNeely appeared at the Troutman Town Council meeting to present a symbolic check for $14 million for the town's infrastructure. In Huntersville, Huntersville Town Board has taken the first step toward environmental conversation efforts promised during several commissioners' campaigns. Last week, commissioners unanimously directed town staff to proceed with the formation of a sustainability committee. Commissioner Jennifer Hunt, who brought forth a proposal with Commissioner Edwin Quarries, said many other local municipalities have sustainability committees, including Davidson, Charlotte, Belmont, and Matthews. She suggested nine experts make up the community, representing the fields of education, environmental, climate science, infrastructure, forestry, energy conversation, alternative energy sources, and sustainable business practices. The goal, she said, would be for the committee to meet monthly and advise the town board about Huntersville's sustainability efforts and opportunities to protect the natural environment. Hunt said the committee could have four priorities. Promoting community education and engagement, guiding policies for green building infrastructure, identifying policies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and enhancing the natural beauty and livability of Huntersville by developing ordinances and policies to preserve the tree canopy. She suggested the committee's guidance could lead to actions such as improving stormwater runoff, creating rain gardens, implementing composting, installing electric vehicle charging stations, and preserving native tree species. In Cornelius, a project proposal currently progressing through the early stages of the town's approval process aims to combine active entertainment and a tasteful dining experience on six acres immediately north of the Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership on Chartown Drive. The business would feature a collection of indoor and outdoor pickleball courts, top golf swing suites, a community room, and a restaurant, what, be, what would be known as the Serve Pickleball and Kitchen, is being pitched by local entrepreneurs and philanthropists Jack and Robin Salzman. Plans call for a total of 16 pickleball courts, including 10 inside and 6 additional outdoor courts. Membership will be offered for the pickleball club, but the courts will be available for public use as well. In addition to the pickleball courts, the serve will also include four indoor top Top Golf Swing Suites, powered by Full Swing Golf Simulators. Top Golf Swing Suite is an immersive social experience offering guests a comfy lounge in which to play and a massive screen and a selection of virtual games, delivering a one-of-a-kind simulation that's fun for golfers and non-golfers alike. 
Regarding the restaurant, the Salzmans have hired a food and beverage director and hope to commence with the tastings for potential menu items next month. The final component is a community room fit up fit for up to 50 people that will be used for private parties and community-focused charity events. In Lincoln County, each year the Lincolnton County Chamber of Commerce, a man and a woman of the year are chosen. The woman is nominated through the Lincolnton Business and Professional Women's Club and the man through the Rotary Club of Lincolnton. This year's Woman of the Year is Sue Gauthier, and the man receiving the honor is Normand Lavasseur. Gauthier is probably best known for her work with the Lincoln County Child Advocacy Center, where she's worked for the past 13 years. Prior for that, she was both a chair and board member for the Lincoln County Coalition Against Domestic Violence. You are listening to the News Drive at 5. I'm Patrick Reynolds alongside Joe Berg. We have more headlines coming up as we roll through the second half of the News Drive at 5. Stay tuned here to WSIC News Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride with you on your way home on this Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, 5.35 p.m. on the East Coast. Good to see all of you with us. Want to let you know, as we've said the first two segments of the show, we've got a big ticket giveaway coming up here on WSIC across all pretty much all of our in-house shows coming up. Home show tickets to two big home shows coming up here. In January, the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show will be at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord, January 26th, 7th, and 8th. And coming up in February, the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show at the Park Expo and Conference Center. Both shows very popular with our audience and in the local listening area. We are going to do a lot of giveaways coming up. How do you win for tickets? Just stay tuned in here to WSIC News Talk. We will do giveaways on Good Morning LKN. That is our morning show, 7 to 9 a.m. each weekday morning with Justin, Mamie, and Bill. A home ad show every weekday at 9 a.m. with Brian. Right here, the News Drive at 5, weekdays at 5 p.m. I'm Patrick. I'll be giving them away. And Joe has the scoreboard every weekday at 6 p.m. We've all got ticket giveaways coming up. It will begin tomorrow, January 11th. So stay tuned on how to win here at WSIC News Talk Radio. 704-873-1400 puts you on air with us. If something is on your mind, you want to talk about any headlines or any other news stories. We had a storm, pretty big storm come through the area yesterday with some wind and some rain. Let me know how you're doing. As Yolanda checked in with us earlier from ICATS, as expected, 77 North out of Uptown Charlotte is not looking too quick. No track records or pole position is going to be set for uh, the travel out of Charlotte up to Lake Norman. So uh, have some patience with you. After yesterday, I think everybody had some remote working opportunities or had the day off, and everybody probably had double the workload today. So everybody went in, and everybody's driving around trying to make up time. So 
take care of yourselves, and more importantly, take care of each other on the roads, too. A little bit of patience. Love to see you all there in one piece. We need all of you safe because we're going to give away some tickets to these home shows. We want you to continue to be in our audience and especially go to the home shows coming up and enjoy the day. In other headlines here on the News Drive at 5 in Lincolnton, the Lincoln County Sheriff Bill Beam recently presented law enforcement officers and civilian employees their of the year awards, we'll call them. Uh, going through the list here, the 12th annual John H. Howell II Memorial Officer of the Year Award went to Sergeant Rudy Hornland, who has been with the Sheriff's Office since 2011. This award was started in 2011 to honor the life of Sergeant Howell, who was shot and killed in the line of duty of August of 1973. In other awards, the 12th Annual First Sergeant Thomas R. Taylor Detention Officer of the Year Award, which was also started in 2011 to honor the life of First Sergeant Tom Taylor, who died in December of 2003 while on duty, was presented to Detention Transport Officer Barry Stevens. An award honoring a civilian employee created in honor of the late Linda Baxter, who worked for the sheriff's office for many years as an accounting specialist, was given to Detention Secretary Shannon Carpenter, who has been with the sheriff's office since 2017. And the Charlie M. Green Leadership Award recognizes leadership ability, and this year was presented to Major Howard Eason. Congratulations to all those deserving folks as part of the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office. Now, the Lincoln County Commissioners approved the special use permit of GNP Development Partners, LLC, to construct an emergency veterinarian hospital on Pilot Knob Road. The facility, called a specialty 24-7 emergency veterinarian clinic in the application, will be more than 13,500 square feet with a proposed 15-foot by 140-foot long dog run on the southern side of the building. GNP Development Partners is a boutique real estate investment and development firm. And according to the company's website, based in Central Florida, with projects throughout the United States, the facility will be operated by local individuals and will hire 20 to 30 employees. David Wilson, who owns East Lincoln Animal Hospital, which is approximately a third of a mile from the proposed facility, expressed concerns, as did Christopher Clark, who owns property adjoining that property and across the, speak, the street, and spoke against the recent sighting. He cited potential stormwater access and traffic issues. Now, a traffic study has not been done on the site, according to Jeremiah Combs, a planner with the Lincoln County Planning and Inspections Department, because the use is not expected to generate at least 100 peak hour trips, which is the county's threshold for requiring one. No community members spoke during the public hearing for or against the matter, but they are slated to vote on the commissioner's meeting on January 22nd. Many in the local community will be celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day, not just the day, but the weekend and the days leading up to it. And several towns in our area and around Lake Norman are planning celebrations and events. To review, the Moors in Mooresville, 
The Community Relations Committee is organizing Martin Luther King Jr. Day events, including a peace walk and breakfast on January 15th at the Charles Mack Citizen Center. Three days of service are being held 11th, January 11th, 12th, and 13th, benefiting the Christian Mission, Feed NC, Mooresville Kindness Closet, and Upper Praise Ministries. The Peace Walk, January 15th, will be at 9.30 a.m. near Charles Mack Center. All are welcome to join. Breakfast will follow at 10 a.m. with Pastor Bill Russell Jr. as the keynote speaker. The event is free, but registration is required. Davidson Celebration will be held January 15th at Town Hall and the Community Center on South Street. The event will include musical performances and spoken word and was envisioned by the planning committee through the lens of the theme, quote, It starts with me, diversity, equity, and inclusion, actualizing the dream, end quote. Music will begin at 9.30 a.m. and the program at 10 a.m. In Cornelius, a North Mecklenburg MLK Day program, including a tribute to the late Nanny Potts, will be held at Torrance Chapel Church on Zion Church in Cornelius. It will be Sunday, January 14th at 1 p.m. And if you were around and in the area of the McGuire Nuclear Station, several sirens were tested today. They ran some tests from 11 a.m. through 1 p.m. earlier this afternoon. If you're listening to us live Wednesday, January the 10th, uh, 67 sirens within 10 miles of the McGuire Nuclear Station sounded for anywhere between 5 to 30 seconds just to make sure they were functioning properly. This was reported earlier this week right here on the News Drive at 5, and we are a local news update station, so if there are any true emergencies, you can expect WSIC to hop in local programming and keep you informed. Now, because of this test, local broadcasting stations, we did not interrupt uh, local programming. As you know, the emergency alert system hops in. You hear those tests all the time on any radio station, including right here at WSIC. They come in and interrupt programming, and we hop out right in with real emergencies. Nobody heard that today, but I'm sure you heard the sirens as well if you were around the, the nuclear station or around any of those siren locations. Those were just tests rolling on today here at the McGuire Nuclear Power Station. We are coming up on our last segment here on the News Drive at 5, Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. Almost 5.45 here in the afternoon. Hope your drive is going smoothly. Yo, Yolanda at ICAT said I-77 was a little bit sluggish earlier today. We're coming up closer to 6 o'clock. It is probably still that way. Be patient, folks. Keep it tuned right in. WSIC News Talk. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride with you here on this Wednesday, January the 10th, 2024. 5.48 p.m. here on the East Coast. Thanks so much for being with us. And in addition to the news and all of our other programming here, we are, will be, I should say, giving away tickets 
to the Greater Home and Landscape Show and the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show coming up in January and February. Our giveaway begins tomorrow, which is Thursday, January the 11th. We're going to do giveaways to both shows. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show is January 26th, 7th, and 8th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We'll be doing giveaways on Good Morning LKN, the Home Ad Show right here on the News Drive at 5, and the Scoreboard. So stay tuned to WSIC News Talk Radio. We'll keep you up to date. Giveaway home show tickets coming up beginning Thursday, January the 11th. To recap some of our top news tonight, Preliminary information revealed that a high-end EF-1 tornado touched down in Catawba County on Tuesday, killing one person and injuring at least two others during a severe weather outbreak across the Carolinas. This is reported by the National Weather Service. Now, their surveyor said the tornado hit at approximately 12.31 p.m. and traveled for 240 yards, ending on the other side of Iredell County, Winding up in the Claremont area, damaged several houses. The tornado had 110 mile-per-hour winds when it touched down. Now, a family member said the person who was killed was trying to protect his pregnant girlfriend during the storm, covering them when the tornado hit. At least one person was also injured. The victim was identified as Dustin Weaver, according to a GoFundMe page for his, from his family. About 30 people were displaced from their homes due to the storms. The county is relocating displaced people to a temporary shelter at Mount Calvary Lutheran Church, located on Main Street in Claremont. Tuesday's storms brought damaging winds, flooding, and downed trees across the Charlotte area. Tens of thousands of people lost power as trees fell onto power lines across the region. The Charlotte area could see more severe weather on Friday as another storm system is forecast. 704-873-1400. We'll get you in here to the studio if you'd like to talk before the end of the show. Uh, Energy United is reporting that power has been restored to more than 5,000 of their customers as of tonight. Winter storm Finn moved across the Carolinas, causing uh, strong wind gusts and heavy rains that resulted in saturated grounds or saturated ground conditions that resulted in down trees, power lines, and more than 60 separate outages across the company's 19 county service area. But looks like all the power has been restored to Energy United's customers. The town of Mooresville had a discharge of an estimated 10,800 gallons of untreated wastewater at Reed Creek Pump Station, located at Golf Course Drive. Uh, That's occurred on Tuesday, January the 9th, due to all the flash flooding from Winter Storm Finn, as more than two inches of rain fell in a very, very short period of time. The untreated wastewater was discharged into Reed Creek, Now, upon inspection, the spill was not of a magnitude to cause immediate danger to human health or the environment. North Carolina general statute requires the owner or operator of any wastewater collection or treatment system to issue a report when an untreated wastewater discharge of 1,000 gallons or more 
reaches surface waters. The North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality Water Resources Division was notified of the spill on January the 9th and is reviewing the matter. The North Carolina Sheriff's Association recently presented Senator Vicki Sawyer with the Defender of Public Safety Award in recognition of the work she did during the 2023 legislative session to protect public safety in North Carolina. Senator Sawyer's legislative district is served by Aradale County Sheriff Darren Campbell and Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden. Said Campbell, Senator Sawyer has been a valuable partner in the recent legislative session, supporting the priorities of the North Carolina Sheriff's Association, which is a voice for all 100 sheriffs in the state. As a result, our sheriffs have new tools we can use to protect our communities, such as new laws intended to protect our electric power grid, stop dangerous street takeovers by motor vehicle gangs, and some which will allow us to better address the growing fentanyl crisis many of us see in our communities. He added, we are better equipped today than we were yesterday to protect the lives, liberties, and properties of North Carolina citizens. Now, during the 2023 session, the North Carolina General Assembly considered hundreds of bills and enacted dozens of laws that had been a direct impact on law enforcement and public safety in North Carolina. The 2024 session is expected to begin in April and will likely see many additional law enforcement and public safety related bills. The North Carolina Sheriff's Association has been serving the sheriff and citizens of North Carolina since 1922, working to protect, promote, preserve, and enhance the office of sheriff in North Carolina through education, training, and initiatives that increase public safety and protect the rights of the citizens of North Carolina. The Troutman Town Council on Money Monday asked staff for an update on the Mad Monkey Garage building where the tenant had a mural painted without the building owner's permission. The mural does not comply with the town's unified development ordinance and rezoning regulations. In September, the council denied business owner James Amico's request for a text amendment to allow murals in heavy industrial zoning areas to bring his mural into zoning compliance. Council members expressed concerns about the change, which would allow approximately 40% more of the town's commercial and industrial property owners to add mural with no control of their content. We're coming up closer to the top of the hour and following us every day here at the News Drive at 5 is the scoreboard with Joe Berg with your latest update of sports, your daily update of sports. Joe has probably the shortest commute in all of the working America as he is a mere feet away from me running the audio control board for the News Drive at 5 and he runs his own show for the scoreboard. How are you tonight, Joe? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm fine. We're catching up on the news tonight. What news can we expect on the scoreboard? What are you looking at there? Man, we had a, a bombshell actually drop during this show. I saw your text, or Ooh. you told me about the text you received there during a yeah, commercial break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has to do with Alabama. I don't know if I want... Uh, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let the news drive now. Oh, I, go. You share whatever you feel is necessary. We'll share. We have reports as of about 30 minutes ago or so that... Alabama head coach Nick Saban is retiring from head coaching football. 
That's enough of a mic drop right there to make you want to tune into the scoreboard. That's a big, big news drop right there, which felt like out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my next question to you. As a sportsologist that you are, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm using it now. But was there any indication, clue, hint that this possibly could be coming? You know, I didn't see anything. And he, he's 72 years old, right. so he's, he's, up, he's getting up there in age. Yeah. But Bill Belichick, 71 years old. Still coaching, not really considering retiring as far as I know. Yeah, Belichick, yeah. And earlier, uh, I could think sometime this afternoon you and I were talking, you talked about Pete Carroll as well. Pete he's Carroll, he's about that age. He is 72, and he is stepping away from coaching this year also. Another little teaser for the sports board is that also broke today. Mm, gosh. These guys, uh, how do I tell I think they're just coaches at heart. It's something that coaching football, I think a lot of sports and activities, we call it auto racing. It gets in your blood Mm -hmm. and it just never leaves. And no matter what, you're connected to the sport in some manner, some form. I think this football coaching, I've never coached football before, but I got to believe it gets in the heart and soul of these guys. Same type of thing. And it's very difficult to step away. Got to be 28 years for Saban as a head coach. Have they been all, all been at? Uh, Alabama? No, so I actually have the the numbers right here. Okay. He spent 17 years at Alabama, one at Toledo, which is where he started his college coaching career, five at Michigan State, and five at LSU. I didn't know he had such a diverse resume. I just, I I know him from Alabama, but I'm far from elbows deep in college football as well. <laughs> I'm not qualified to host an, a uh, college football talk show. Yeah, that, that was also a lot before my time, too. Yeah. So I, I don't remember too much of, of those years. So that is another age bomb drop that you got on me two nights in a row. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, it's I'll okay. stop. I'll stop. No, it's okay. I can, <laughs> I can handle it well. I, I have a little bit more salt than pepper in my hair now and my beard. And you you got a full head of hair. So I'm kind of. I'm starting to get some salt on the sides here, though. It's starting to concern me. It's the stress of the radio world. You, you're probably right. <laughs> well, we, I, I thank you and are grateful for your work on the audio board each day on the News Drive at 5. I know our audience is going to tune in. Don't go anywhere. I'm telling you, the scoreboard is coming up with uh, this bombshell from Alabama. This is going to be good. I know you've got a lot to say about it. I do. I do. Okay. We won't say any more. We'll let you save it for the scoreboard. Coming up shortly right here on WSIC News. We want to thank all of you for tuning in today, getting brought up to speed here at the News Drive at 5. We're on every weekday, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. for your ride home here at WSIC News Talk Radio. I'm Patrick Reynolds. Thank you so much for spending your drive with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody.